Hi all, I'm Dan Smakerod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2017, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. Our guest today is, is Scott Anderson. He is the Director of Sales for Cupix. And uh, hey, Scott, good to see you. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you again, I should say, because we've, yeah. uh, we've, we've visited in, in the right. past uh, by, uh, by video chat. And uh, Scott's going to take us through Cubics for newbies. And I think every opportunity we have a chance to do Cubics versus Matterport um, to give you context. So if you're thinking about buying a Matterport camera and you kind of want to understand the Cubics platform, this video is for you. And if you already have Matterport, but you kind of want to know about other solutions, uh, this, uh, this show is also for you as well. So uh, Scott, I thought perhaps you could start out by uh, maybe giving us a, a demo of what a Cubics 3D tour looks like. Uh, sure, yeah, we can do that. So what I'm gonna do is open up a, a window and share my screen. So thanks for having me, Dan. Yep. And what we're looking at is a Cupix uh, tour. So you can actually see any of these uh, tours directly from the Cupix website. So if we go to cupix.com, um, we've got a couple of construction examples. Um, we've got some nice case studies. Uh, there's this uh, video that does a pretty good synopsis of what Cupix, uh, Cupix does, but right here in the case uh, sample 3D virtual tours, we've got a real estate example, hospitality, uh, retail examples, and also a construction site. So one of these is basically what, what um, I've got loaded on the screen. So uh, right here inside. And excuse, excuse me, Scott, if we wanted to come back to this, we, we'd go to cupix.com, C-U-P-I-X.com. That's right, yeah, cupix.com, that'll get you right there. Um, or, uh, and then from there, you can also uh, try it yourself and uh, get access to Cupix. But uh, with this, uh, this page right here, since we're on the desktop, um, what you can see is a floor plan. Uh, so this is a floor plan that was uh, generated in advance. Um, it's not necessary to have this uh, here, so you can definitely hide that floor plan uh, if you wanted to. Um, but this is what you get as a result of uploading uh, files. So I've um, started in the bathroom. Um, if I wanted to go over here into the kitchen, uh, I could look around in the kitchen. Um, and what we're running this off of is a webinar and AWS, which is uh, infrastructure for hosting uh, data. It's a high-speed uh, data infrastructure network, which means if you're loading this in the UK or if you're loading this in South America, uh, the the uh, data will be ported down there into the UK or ported down there into South America. So you'll have really high speed access wherever, you're, wherever you go. Um, yeah. So I'm in Los uh, right now. Uh, Scott, I just, I also, I want to point out that we, we are using a, a, a conferencing software. So uh, it may be that there's some latency that, uh, that you wouldn't experience if you were going right to your website and looking at it. I think just the nature of w, doing WGA and TV live at five and how we do the back end may not, quite do you justice, may slow up or such, but I wanted to point that out. And also that we have in our virtual studio audience joining us is, uh, I see Petra Satterling, the, uh, the founder of Blue Sketch. Thanks for joining us, Petra, and also Leon Van Swell. Uh, uh, Leon is, uh, is all over 360 cameras, so I think he's particularly interested in your platform. So we'll, we'll ask them later if they have some questions as well. Okay, yeah, and I have some of my favorite uh, 360 cameras with me uh, today. So since we're sharing screen and latency 
all that bad, I can uh, pop some of these up on screen and just show show what we're we're using and how portable and how easy these are to um, move around. Okay, in. but let's let's take a little bit more walk through it to, to feel that walk around experience. Maybe we can walk into the cube. Right. Right, so if we wanted to go left, uh, I could uh, scroll over here and hit uh, hit the button to go left in this direction. If I wanted to go back uh, to where I was, I could scroll over here and go uh, back in this direction. Um, if I wanted to go right, um, I could uh, click over here and move right. If I wanted to go further right, um, I could click over here and, and make my way mm -hmm. uh, further, uh, further in this direction. And what you'll see is some annotations and uh, text that's being written on the wall so that text doesn't actually exist there but what we've got is a full 3d environment um, so these these objects actually exist in, in 3d um, and so as we move around and navigate through this uh, space, <coughs> a really natural transition of all, all the geometry so if we wanted to go over here into this bedroom uh, we could click on uh, this wall and that would take us into uh, the bedroom so we've got a Oh, essentially a virtual tour um, experience from uh, from Cupix. And this is yeah, all. sort of looks like uh, maybe either a little bit like a, a Matterport uh, Spaces 3D tour or with the uh, sergeants on the floor there, maybe a little bit like a, a Google Street View experience. Right, yeah, Google Street View obviously does uh, does this uh, too. And, and Dan, who, is, who was the first to pull these tours together? Maybe um, you can educate. Would that be a Google Street View or a... Uh, Matterport, or who was the, the first to make that this available? Oh, I, I, I would say yeah, Google's been doing this well before anybody else. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so yeah, the uh, but yeah, when, you've got that walkthrough experience. You also have a floor plan uh, here. So these nodes uh, represent camera locations. And what we've done actually is there's more camera data that's uh, collected in each of these rooms. Uh, for example, there's there was a photo right here um, at the doorway, and that's just our recommended practice is to take a, an extra photo there. But we've hit this uh, from the tour. So there could be some more photos here, but we decided to hide a couple of photos from the tour. So if we wanted to jump to this area, uh, then we can jump to this area of the room if we wanted. So this would be an example of something that's way different than, than Matterport. There's, there's not a location map uh, within the view, nor is there... Um, uh, show me which direction am I looking at? Oh, okay. Yeah, then that would be that would definitely be uh, different uh, from from Matterport in that sense. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we saw some annotation. Um, uh, we didn't click on any of those circles, but presumably, could you give us a quick run through of of uh, so there's an example of text. What what else can we do in terms of annotation? So in terms of annotation, what we've got are these 3D objects um, in 3D space. So that um, is right there on my screen. So as I move in this direction um, and in the other direction, then I've got these pieces of annotation uh, staying in, inside of my screen. Uh, but while I'm in the living room, I can see these annotations. But if I were to move to the bedroom, um, say bedroom two, then those annotations disappear. So that's, um, that's important. Um, th this is a 3D model that's being generated. So there's a wall uh, between the bedroom and the bathroom and the living room. So any annotations or 3D text or 3D geometry that we have uh, that's separated by a room, you, you wouldn't be able to see those. Uh, you'd be, you know, it, it would be, it would be hidden, and that's that's the experience that you get. 
um, get here. So you can add uh, some text. And what I what I will do is uh, jump into the editor um, after we've uh, talked about this player and show how you can add additional text and additional information uh, to, to the tour as needed. Okay, so this is this is the example of uh, a uh, walk around 3D tour. Yeah. Um, I think that's the your uh, your senior vice president in the in the background there. Your vice president of Turkey, uh, Turkey and stuffing. Turkey, yeah. Like like me, you're working from home today, so I, I can appreciate this that. Is one of those weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, early happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything else on the front end that you want to show us, or time to jump into the uh, back? Yeah, there, there is actually. So we have spent some time uh, to uh, make this very easy to use across multiple platforms, including uh, Edge, Firefox, uh, iOS, Android, so a tablet. So if you're opening this Tor up on any of those devices, you'd have this uh, same experience. And if you're so inclined to get a cardboard box um, with some lenses to stick, stick your phone into, um, then you can easily toggle this uh, uh, 3D um, uh, VR view and just plug this uh, tour directly in. And uh, is this, uh, uh, what, what, what VR viewing devices is this uh, compatible with? Uh, just about just about anyone that uh, you can get your hands on. So we use so VR. Uh, web, web VR. Okay. So anything that's web VR enabled uh, in terms of a device, which would include Google Cardboard, uh, Samsung Gear VR, and uh, that probably for, for most of our audience is suffice. And then for anyone probably at, at the next level of sophistication, just simply saying web VR, I think actually tells the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The card uh, description of a cardboard box. Um, everybody seems to have some exposure to those cardboard boxes, but really the Amazon uh, website is great because they have overnight delivery. You can get these cameras overnight um, uh, delivered. Just about uh, all, all, all the all the really best uh, 360 point and click cameras out there. Um, and then the cardboard boxes. Um, you're not limited to that. You can get some plastic ones with with some yeah. lenses and some straps. Okay. Uh, so got it. V VR v viewer enabled. And so we have the walkthrough mode. We have uh, the floor plan insert is an option. Uh, no dollhouse view. So Matt Matterport has a... We're not showing the dollhouse. Do you, do you mm -hmm. have a, a dollhouse view or? Uh... Uh, we, do, uh, we do have a dollhouse view, um, but it's not something that we're uh, currently showing um, in this published uh, view so I will I will make sure to show that and I think it's something that you can't miss I, 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 I'm familiar a little bit with that I'd say a dollhouse view in the data view maybe a point cloud or a, a mesh view um, mm -hmm. but it, is it in in this kind of what I think of photography view that is also an option um, it is It is uh, not an option in the um, in the current view. Okay, I I, I think I saw this the senior vice president of operations uh, pop pop That's in there for a moment. Yeah, they were yeah. They, they were supposed to take part of the day off, but they decided to uh, <laughs> become engaged. In yeah, I I, I I feel it. Yep. Um, so uh, so so let's take us into you know how do you construct one of these? What, what um, uh, what's what's the workflow of how one ends up here? 
Okay. Um, yeah, and maybe real quick, since you mentioned it, I'll just show what the uh, the 3D view uh, would look like, uh, the top-down view. So in a uh, publisher uh, situation, you've got um, the view that I just uh, showed, and then in this situation, you've got an actual uh, 3D uh, mesh. So this is 3D representation. What we're doing is we're hiding the ceiling. Um, because if we showed the ceiling, we wouldn't be able to see the bed and the other rooms uh, uh, being shown here. If you're looking at underneath, we're hiding the floor so we can see the ceiling. Because if we showed the uh, floor, then we wouldn't see, be able to see any of the other geometry. Um, so that, that's the type of view uh, that, that you would get um, with the uh, um, on the 3D side. But uh, yeah, how about we go into, I would like to go into this uh, slide uh, set that I've got. And okay. this, I think this does a really good job of explaining uh, what we can do with uh, Cubix. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so this is a fresh uh, so, graphic. So we so we do have a challenge, Scott, is that this, the screen has frozen. So uh, I don't know, maybe you can, because we didn't see a 3D uh, view. Uh, we're, yep, that, now we're... We uh, now we're back at a menu. Now we we're we're seeing the three-dimensional model. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, so here's the three D three D view. Thank you for uh, pointing that out. Uh, um, so this is the three D view. We can't see the floor. Uh, we can see the ceiling. Uh, we can't see the ceiling. We can see the floor. We can't see the walls until we rotate in a uh, particular view. Since this is only interior geometry, we're not seeing uh, exterior geometry. Okay, and I, I should point out that Qpix is still in beta, so it's at the moment is totally free in beta, and so we're kind of getting a sneak peak that would exist today plus actually for any uh, we get around network forum member can get a free account uh, simply by visiting I wanted to say uh, help me out here yeah cubix.com uh, you'll find it right uh, uh, right when you go to the website and that'll take you directly to set up a free account okay. free all right thank you yes. All right, great. So we actually see, uh, I, I guess, what I would call a constellation map on the left. Maybe we're, we're too, I'm jumping ahead. So why, why don't you take control of how do we get to the finished 3D tour? Okay, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of preview this just so that we could um, um, see what that, that 3D view looks like. Um, and this contrasts the 2D view um, where you're just uh, navigating between different uh, points in space. And this is the 3D view where you can actually see the top view and other geometry. Um, inside of the editor. So I would like to show now um, and, and really go back to maybe a more structured uh, sequence of uh, things to show. And this is, uh, this would be the start of it. This is uh, what uh, Cupix will do. We've got the ability to take 360 photos from any 360 camera. So here's one of the cameras uh, that I like to use. And the reason I like to use it is it's small, it fits in my pocket and um, it's also what's shown on, on, on the uh, graphic okay. here. Is, is that a Ricoh Theta S or something uh, this else? Is, it looks like I picked up the Ricoh Theta V out of my bag, um, but we okay. had great success with the S and the SC. Uh, it's just a little less uh, speedy, but why, the reason why we like it is there's low distortion uh, in the photos, which is important for photogrammetry. And photogrammetry is the technique that we're using to construct the 3D models. Whenever you've got a lot more distortion in between cameras, then the ability to link up the different photos and calculate a 3D environment becomes compromised. So um, with certain cameras, even the more expensive uh, cameras, 
uh, you might not have the same optical quality um, as you do with a low distortion uh, camera like the ones we have from Ricoh. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so for our uh, WGAN TV viewers, uh, I think what I just want to point out, because you, you said quite a bit right there, is um, using the Cupix platform, you can use any 360 photo camera. Uh, so you don't need to buy a Matterport camera. You can buy a camera uh, as low as $130 that shoots 360 photos. So if you're wondering about, you know, uh, a list of cameras, if you just simply go up here to the tab that says cameras, you'll see the, the Ricoh Theta series of cameras as, as well as a, a ton of other cameras. And literally they start at about $130. So um, the second thing I think you, you pointed out there, uh, Scott, I just yeah. want to amplify is um, uh, with the Matterport camera, the camera captures three-dimensional data in order to, to do the magic of Matterport. And I think what you're showing is with Cupix, you don't need to capture the data uh, using a vision computing uh, process called photogrammetry that you are able essentially to, to do the same thing that Matterport does by capturing data and you're doing it simply with the actual 360 photos. Is, uh, uh, so far so good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, like, uh, I like that. Here's another, here's two other cameras. So this is a, um, a Chinese manufacturer called um, me, me something or another, um, but it's very easy to take a take a photo. You just hold the camera up and um, take the photo. So that's it's just point and click. If you're moving the camera around, then you've got uh, things that are shaking in the view. This is another camera uh, that was uh, as low as a hundred hundred dollars. But with with each of these cameras, you can imagine that the photo resolution and and uh, uh, the distortion between the lenses and the ability to get uh, high optical quality is going to be different depending on the, on the camera. Yeah, use. so we're, we're, uh, we get around Network Forum, our, our members uh, likely on are doing our best that as we get a new toy in uh, is to write about it, share examples of what the imagery looks like uh, to help people make decisions either based on a price point don't want to spend more than 300, don't want to spend more than 500, don't want to spend more than a thousand, uh, or uh, need this level of quality um, in, in order to accomplish whatever I want. So um, uh, we're, we're doing our best in the We Get Around Network Forum with members writing ab about uh, examples and showing examples. I think the point as it relates to uh, Cupix is that whatever 360 camera you use, choose to use, uh, it'll work fine uh, with the Cupix uh, platform. Right, right. So any new camera that comes on, on the scene, and one that we're, we're pretty excited, which is an American manufacturer, is uh, GoPro. Um, they just, a couple of days ago, started shipping their GoPro Fusion camera. I think it's priced at about $699, and the, the photos look pretty darn, pretty darn good. So um, if what we recommend is if you're going to uh, shoot a scene uh, today, then you can then get on Amazon and get a uh, get a camera today. But if you're not going to shoot for about a month, you better wait a couple of weeks because there's going to be a new camera manufacturer. That have a yeah, you know, I, I think what I would add to to you know to that discussion is that um, uh, it doesn't real today. It doesn't really matter which camera you get. Just get something. The workflow will typically be the same. And so if you're if you're right at the beginning of saying. 
oh, I'm thinking about putting my toe in the water, literally, you know, whether it's a $130 camera, a $300, a $700, a $1,000 camera, it's really easy <clears throat> to get started. And um, the, probably the most, the, the, only, the advice that I would offer here is get started because um, it, it's one thing in theory, but the other is actually doing. And when you start doing, you kind of go, oh, I get it. Okay, now I can figure out how to make money doing this. Oh, okay, maybe I'll go buy, a, you know, a better resolution camera. I was willing to, you know, spend 130 300 or whatever. So forgive me. I know we're right at the beginning of yeah. where you're talking about. Okay. Um, any 360 yeah. camera will work fine. And it's, a, it's a really, really key point because uh, on, on the camera, so spending some more time on uh, talking about this hardware is, um, important because ultimately you're going to be holding the hardware above your head um, and walking around for a construction type of scene. Um, I mean, literally just holding the camera above your head and, and walking around. Um, so it's we're really a different category of product than you've got with a laser scanner or an active uh, active uh, system that's shooting shooting rays of light out, shooting structured light out like the Matterport is, or shooting. Um, uh, infrared yeah yeah laser data like the blk yeah it's a very passive system um, which makes it great for shooting outdoors shooting indoors um uh, shooting sh shooting pretty much anywhere but um, that's a really key step in the overall process and uh, the most time intensive uh, step of the process is just taking the photos um uh, and just having a strategy for taking the photos a lot of the other process is very automatic um so on, on this slide maybe uh, I'll, I'll talk about this the QPIC software automatically maps 360 photos. So you just have to get a camera on your construction site and your hospitality suite and the retail location and, and take photos. We'll automatically map the photos to the 3D space and we'll automatically generate a 3D model. Um, and when you have both a 3D model and automatically mapped photos, um, you've got all, the, all you need for a virtual tour and you've got all that you need for um, uh, hiding uh, or placing things on walls or placing annotations on, on couches or placing annotations on, on water coolers um, because you've got a 3D environment um, that you're actually moving and, and navigating through. So things like sharing and collaborating on those tours, those are all uh, maintained in our um, on our in, on our on our cloud, um, so you can share uh, notes like the water cooler's been serviced, or you can share notes like the uh, fireplace's gas, um, and as well as just walk through walk through the tour. Um, so the incredible features that um, we're describing here include cloud-based software. Everything's on the cloud. Uh, there's no special app or um, special software. You can use any browser uh, to view the tours, but we do recommend using Chrome. Um, when you're editing the tours. Um, all the collaboration is built in so you can uh, communicate and collaborate uh, with anybody. Um, and you've got that 3D data and 360 space. And we're doing some really um, important things for uh, time-based uh, differences when you're working on a construction site or you're working in a realty, uh, real estate space. Maybe you have a pre-staging and a post-staging situation. Maybe pre-stage, you're taking some photos and you're generating a tour of what uh, a place looks like 
um, before doing staging. That's really helpful for choosing couches, figuring out what size of rug you might want to put into the living room, uh, figuring out what size of uh, table is appropriate for the dining room. Uh, so that kind of um, 4D tracking, we call it, uh, presents the ability to look at different 3D spaces um, across time. And these could just be as simple as a, a two time points, pre-staging, uh, post-staging, or in a construction scene. It could be multiple uh, time points. It could be um, time points that are taken on a daily basis. And realistically, this uh, setup is so fast, um, it, it presents a new new paradigm in generating 3d uh, models uh, let me see if i if i actually understand that correctly okay, it actually sounds uh, sounds fascinating right. so i if i understand correctly if i'm shooting a construction site and i shoot it on day one and i shoot it on day two and i shoot it on day three and i shoot it on day four and so forth that uh, within the same model, perhaps I can use a slide to say, okay, go back to this date, this date, this date. It's kind of like a time machine. Uh, back to the future. Is that, am I sort of getting yeah, that yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And you can imagine if you're the owner of the, of the property or, or the architect and, or the general contractor, or whatever your role is in the construction, um, and you're having a meeting and somebody said that they were gonna do something last week and then you go back and look look uh, two weeks ago and uh, that hasn't been done, then that kind of uh, coordination and, and progress checking is just, um, uh, w w with it, with it, you're a lot more coordinated and a lot more powerful. So I, I could imagine an architect using that to show this was the before, this is the after. When we work with you on your project, we give you this kind of photography in real time so that uh, your team can be making decisions in real time, particularly if you add that VR component, imagine walking through the space as it's, as it's being designed and say, oh my gosh, we, you know, we, that's just not gonna work, uh, doing a, a, a change order. Uh, but maybe more importantly for the architect, because I'm, I'm always about how do you help a client you know, make more money, get bigger clients, uh, that I could imagine the architect going into a potential client uh, for doing a renovation project and say, uh, let me show you the finished product and let me show you what we were working with uh, to begin with. Yeah, yeah, what a, what a great way to demonstrate the level of service that you can provide um, than having a, a pre-canned 4D tour and just showing that to win more business. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's uh, uh, there's real value in that and it's a great demonstration of how timely you are that you're providing more than just a start and a finish but you're also providing progress mm -hmm. and the ability for your clients to make decisions along okay. the way. Uh, cool. You want to take us through some more features and then we'll uh, jump, in, jump into a, uh, a demo of how, how to get to the finished product. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the an important point on that 4D tracking is just the speed of taking photos um, is really what enables the 4D uh, tracking. Um, we're covering about a thousand square feet in a couple of minutes um, of time, uh, especially for construction sites. Um, and I've got a couple of videos on that, but um, one example that uh, we were mentioning last week in Las Vegas was a 250,000, a quarter million square foot um, uh, photography set with some indoor and outdoor scenes um, that were, were, was captured in about four man hours, um, so quite a lot of data in uh, quite a little bit uh, of time. Um, so we can expect that that kind of throughput. Uh, yeah, 
You know, I, I'd, I'd even embellish on that, uh, Scott, is uh, the, the Insta360 One camera, for example, has interval shooting. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's, it sounds pretty geeky, but there isn't any reason that you can't take a helmet and take a suction cup that mounts on the helmet and set your camera to shoot every 10 seconds and go walk the space uh, and, and, and really cover a lot of ground, particularly if you're talking about progress reports on construction of, you know, here, here's what day one looks like, here's what day two looks like, et cetera. Uh, you know, somewhat geeky, but, you know, for the Insta360 One cameras is less than 300 bucks. Uh, I imagine the section cup is less than 10 bucks uh, I, I, uh, uh, and however much a football helmet is, I suppose. And maybe, maybe you need a Jersey on there. It says, you know, you know, uh, photographer with stripes and maybe some shoulder pads just to be funny, uh, but literally just go, go, go walk the 20,000 square feet. Uh, and then, Oh, by the way, cause I, I think one of the things you've pointed out, you can shoot outside. There's no limitation either in terms of uh, indoors, outdoors, or the amount of square footage that's being covered, correct? Correct, correct. Uh, yeah, you can shoot a big trade show hall just as, you know, as uh, quickly as you can shoot a residential area or retail space. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, other features you wanted to point out before we uh, No, I thought I would jump into the workflow and let Great. the, uh, uh, just point those out as we go along. So this would be the, what you'd expect to do uh, with QPix and by far and away the longest step in the pro process is taking photos. So about a thousand square feet every uh, minute, say two or three minutes conservatively. Um, uh, with a tripod, it might be slightly more. Um, so you take the photos and you upload the photos and while the photos are being processed, um, into a fully excuse, automatic. Excuse, excuse me, Scott, just for clarification, take photos actually means take 360 photos. Yeah, yeah. It would mean uh, holding up the 360 camera um, on your helmet or on a tripod and uh, taking photos of the scene. Okay. Uh, no, well, and and uh, just in terms of workflow, uh, be, because of this photogrammetry process, uh, how close do the images need to be in order for this process to work? Good, good question. In a very large space like a trade show hall or an outdoor space, uh, the photos could be uh, 10 and 20 and 30 feet um, apart because we're using uh, photogrammetry. Um, the, the, a large space allows that kind of spacing uh, between the photos. If you're in a smaller space like a narrow hall, um, then you'd have to have smaller spacing. Um, it could be six, uh, nine feet uh, between photos um, and uh, for the same reasons photogrammetry requires a tighter spacing and smaller spaces um, so the key uh, principle in photogrammetry is to have overlapping visuals between the photos um, which means that as you're going in between a large room and under the threshold of a door we just recommend spending a couple of extra seconds taking photos um, underneath mm -hmm. a door. so cluster three so it kind of begs two questions scott if i um uh, if I'm outdoors and I shot at 40 feet uh, and the camera can't do the, the, the uh, Cupix in, uh, cloud processing can't connect the two, is there a manual way to connect that I've made a mistake in how I've shot and your platform enables a solution? Or no, I really got to be careful that I have enough photos uh, to, to connect. Yeah, yeah, we, we provide those workflows to 
automatic or to manually uh, fix any uh, connection uh, errors. So great. Um, and then the other question is if I overshoot the space and I just got it feels like I'm taking baby steps walking through the space, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't have to deal with the manual process of connecting the, the spheres. Uh, can I hide um, 360 photos from the walking experience? Yeah, yeah, yes, you sure can. And if you're hiding them, are they still contributing to the photogrammetry or when you hide them, it's kind of like deleting them? Yeah, the, you, uh, you hide them from view from somebody that's visiting the tour. So in a retail space or hospitality space, you could remove some photos so that you're um, not allowing the person to walk all over and take baby steps. Um, but they, every photo that you upload is contributing to the photogrammetry, the generation of the 3D tour and the um, integrity of the model that's being created. Okay, great. Uh, forgive me for slowing you up. Hey, all, if you're just joining us, I'm Dan Smigrod. I'm the founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Uh, you're watching WGAN TV Live at 5. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2017. Uh, we're visiting with Cupix Director of Sales, Scott Anderson. And uh, Scott is taking us through the uh, Cupix platform, both for newbies and also to Cupix platform to kind of understand a little bit about what's different about it than Matterport. And uh, hey, a shout out to Leon and Petra in our virtual studio audience. And if you guys got some questions, just raise your hand and I'll, we'll take you off of the, the mute or when we get to the end, we'll, we'll be sure to circle back to you. So Scott, um, uh, forgive me, you were just about to talk about upload. Oh yeah, so the upload is as straightforward as it comes. Uh, you can choose a file of uh, files from a folder. You can drag and drop the files. Uh, while those files are being uploaded, uh, you can change settings like you change your branding, change your custom logo, uh, uh, add assets. We call them assets like a floor plan. Um, that could, those can be images or PDFs or other drawing uh, drawing files. Um, and you can upload those while while the uploader is working and you can customize the branding and, and do all sorts of th things while that, that, those files are being uploaded. That's the basic uh, process. The, the longest step, um, manual step, is taking photos. You hit the upload button. It takes a second. And after the photos are processed, which could take a longer, shorter, depending on uh, how many uh, tours are in the queue and how big your uh, upload stack is. Um, uh, once that's done, though, you're ready to publish or collaborate on the tour that you've created. Okay, cool. All right, so that's the process. Can can we actually uh, see the cake being made? Yeah. Uh, well, this uh, yeah, it's it's really straight uh, forward. So um, what we have here is uh, photos that are being captured, and what the reason why we're showing this slide is that the order of the photos doesn't really matter whatsoever. Um, actually, and actually the type of camera we already mentioned can be interleaved. So if you've got a high resolution camera and you're, you want to mix in, um, you've got a worker with you or an apprentice that's uh, taking, taking photos uh, with a low resolution camera, those can be tag teamed and combined together. The photos are going to look like this. Um, so if you're using a Samsung gear, um, make sure the photos look like this. If you're using Ricoh Theta, the photos are going to look like this uh, automatically. But you just take the stack of photos, any order you collect them, and just drop them into uh, into Cupix. Yeah, I, two things to point out there, Scott. I think I just want to amplify for our our, uh, our viewers. Uh, first, I, I think you gave me chills when you said, "And you can have more than one person shooting content." 
Um, I mean, how exciting is that? Because we, you know, some some of us do have spaces that that can, you know, e even in the, in the forum, there's been the, uh, this week, last week, discussions about shooting, you know, potentially ninety thousand square feet. Um, uh, I think I estimated that if even if it was possible to do that with Matterport, that's probably at least twelve days of wow. full days shooting. Uh, and I, I think from what we just talked about, um, a handful of people shooting the space with 360 photos. Yeah, to Sean, Sean Choi uh, and I, Sean is on international uh, travel. Sean Choi and I uh, last, what's today? Uh, it's one of the Saturday, recent Saturday uh, morning, uh, we went to a site and shot, like I, like I said, about 250,000 square feet. Probably shot about uh, maybe 75, thousand square feet indoors that that whole whole lot um, took about four man hours of time uh, with a rico theta and we just held the cameras overhead the tours all connected uh just right and you've got um, got something you can navigate around and, and and work through so um yeah you can definitely tag team and the cost of these cameras they're almost disposable um uh at you know 200 300 400 dollars a piece um, you can really tackle some big projects uh, yeah, and I, I think maybe I'm going to get in the business of selling football helmets and uh, hel <laughs> helmet mounts to you so that you don't have to go to your chiropractor re related to holding that camera uh, up like that for, for, for four hours. Uh, your muscles, it. yeah. Uh, your, 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 your kids will probably appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, daddy's got a lot of muscles. Though, though you might be only like off, off balance a little bit. You're only building the muscles on, on, the, on the side that you're holding the camera up. So, but I, I, I think the, the, the point is there, Scott, it's like really is giving me chills the fact that more than one person could be shooting simultaneously a super large space. Uh, uh, two, that uh, we're, we're talking about using any 360 camera so that that kind of says, you know, whatever the photographer needs for the quality that they're pitching to the client, there's a whole gamut of, of uh, camera solutions. Uh, and certainly the, the piece I get super excited about is it's indoor and outdoor and outdoor. There's no limitation on, on outdoor. Um, I did want to point out that what we're what we're looking at. Um, I generally call these 360 photospheres, but what it actually is is, is an equirectangular JPEG. And this is what what Scott's showing there on that top photo is what a 360 photo looks like when it's laid flat. So this is kind of like back in third grade when you you took the globe of the Earth maybe as an orange and you flattened it. That's this is how it ends up as an equirectangular JPEG or a 360 photo. So if you're looking at this picture and go, that picture looks weird. It doesn't look like, you know, it's like all kinds of odd stuff. That's what a 360 photo looks like when it's presented flat. Uh, thanks, Scott. Thanks for letting me interject that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so long as you look like this, they're ready to go in, into Cubix. Um, so if they look funny like this and you're on the right right track and you just hit the upload button and they're there. Um, so what we have here, Dan, I um, uh, we're still still open for helmet um, helmet mounts because it's a nascent, nascent idea and there's a lot of development that could that could still go into this is uh, a video showing the different ways that you can take uh, take photos so I'd like to play this um, for the viewers and for yourself to okay. show um, maybe you can make play it and maybe make it full screen yeah, or something let's see if I can figure that out let's see how, yeah let's see. yep okay. Okay, well, uh, 
traditional approach is to duck out of every photo. Um, so if you're doing a retail space um, where you didn't want to be seen in the retail space over and over again um, uh, in different areas and looking like a photographer, uh, you can use a tripod uh, to move around. You can use a handheld selfie stick. And here's a helmet mount um, where we've got uh, some, uh, one of our um, uh, employees came in uh, taking photos uh, with the helmet. Whoa, mount. tell us about this drone going here. This is crazy. Also a, a drone data. So we, we hope to have this a little bit uh, sooner available to, to, to really show, uh, but what we've got is stuff that isn't, uh, isn't really ready to show. So the drone data um, implies that we're collecting data in a video uh, type of format, which is really exciting because uh, you can see that there's some a stop and start, and that means extra energy, extra concentration, um, uh, whether you're holding a selfie stick or uh, have the camera mounted on the helmet. But a true video collection uh, really opens up uh, the speed gates even faster, so, uh, even more, so you can collect more uh, data, more information. So uh, for, forgive me for digressing, but a video capture means you might say, okay, we're going to take every uh, 30 image uh, in order to do the construction or would you take literally all, all the images that you're capturing with video? Yeah, we, we have an intelligent way to um, parse out uh, changes between uh, the photos and um, the implementation via Windows or, or Mac-based Mac app where the, your local software is picking that photo out. Um, based on what Cubix needs and uh, just having the So we don't, is it, uh, if, if we were shooting, and again, I know this is, uh, this is, this is not even in your beta yet that's public, um, but I'm fascinated looking at it. Does that uh, mean that even when you do offer the ability to capture video, uh, would I just upload the whole video to the platform and, and I wouldn't have to think about, oh gosh, hmm. you know, do I have to send every nth picture? Yeah, if on, on the user side, it'd be uh, no no extra effort. You just take the photos and, and you get them into QPix. But um, one one difference is that you wouldn't be uploading the photos. You'd be uploading that. You'd be using our app, which is going to be Mac Mac or Windows based, and uh, that would handle uh, the really large video. Uh. Okay, thank you. And then looking at the drone, you know, I don't know what it is, Scott, you're giving me tingles every time I watch, you know, you, you show something new here. But, you know, uh, in the We Get Around Network forum, there have been discussions about using drones to capture indoor spaces. And um, I, I, I'm not an aerial photographer, I'm not a drone photographer, but I do read a lot. And my impression is we are not that far away. And per perhaps even today, ho hopefully somebody will say, oh, no, no, this exists today, is, is to be able to have a, uh, a drone be able to autopilot uh, to go through the house, through the commercial space, and map the entire space um, because it's perhaps using scanning data or something to, <clears throat> you know, I, I think about it like my, um, my robotic vacuum cleaner that is mm -hmm. actually a scanner. Uh, and it's only doing the space once because it's smart enough to know where it's been. Let's see. Uh, gee, I'll, I'll forget what my my laser-guided robotic vacuum cleaners. But I, I can imagine it's just the same process. Uh, at some point, rather than having the, this gentleman on the left who's controlling that drone, that, you know, we'll, we'll simply say, 
you know, hit the button and the drone takes off and, and it maps the entire space in the most efficient way possible, uh, mashed up with your platform that you now tell me you're accept you will be accepting video. And uh, it's like, wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, think think how useful that would be on, on some of the more mundane tasks around the house, like the refrigerator. I wish I wish a drone could you know float around the fridge and just check if we've got lettuce or or, or orange juice uh, there when you're when you're shopping. But yeah, this kind of uh, capability, especially for like a construction uh, scene, uh, would really automate um, uh, would, would help automate uh, data collection. And I, I, I believe we're not very far away from that. Uh, realizing that even in um, you know, moving objects like this. Uh, yeah. This, this I, let, excuse me. Let me let me just interject one more thing, Scott, because I, I you know I, I know I'm getting super excited about looking at the drone, but there's also discussions in the We Get Around Network forum about robots mm. mapping spaces that are using scanning uh, data, okay. intelligently and efficiently map a space, and you know, wow. Putting uh, putting a camera on top of a robot that is, uh, and I don't mean any kind of you know sophistication of robot, just a, a robot that's literally designed to do exactly you know map a space. Uh, I mean the the world just keep, keeps getting more exciting every day, and uh, and mashing that up with uh, Cupix in terms of you know just. You just take 360s, and whether or you just take video. And today, if you just take 360s and set the thing on interval shooting, uh, even with your drone today, that would be possible uh, to just you know set the camera on interval shooting, boom, and then upload the data. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an area of uh, research. I think SLAM, S-L-A-M, is a, a acronym to describe that self-mapping uh technology so yeah that's something that we are um yeah, uh, yeah. But, but 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 even even the screen scrap that you showed with your colleague there that had a helmet on with the camera mount the camera mounted on the helmet uh for 10 bucks the cost of a helmet you're you're off and running to just walk the space uh w without getting there, there has to be a term for this somebody has to come up with a term for right. what for that pain that I'm going to feel doing that for four hours uh, long. So there's, well, there's, there's the right tool for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and this, this is a very, I think this is the, a very relevant and important part of the conversation using Cupix is just collecting, uh, collecting photos. So I'm going to in, actually I'm going to interject another uh, comment here is with the, with the tripod um, uh, in terms of getting, getting creative is uh, if you, had a smaller person um, ducking below the tripod um, that could save some time and, and uh, he, or, he or she, um, you know, whatever, whatever you're paying him or her, if it's allowance money or, um, or if he's just, uh, you know, crouching down a lot, you can um, get some really good shots of a space um, just by having somebody small hiding the natter of the photo. Or, or, or in a mobile device. So, you know, if you're, if you're sitting down and you're, you know, you're, I don't know, doing it from a wheelchair. I mean, you know, it opens up all kinds of possibilities in terms. Cause, so let's talk a little bit about the nader, what, the, what goes, the, let's call it a patch for the tripod or the patch for that person. Uh, do you mind, what, what goes there? Is, is there something there? Are you putting a logo there? Or do I have the option of what I want to mask out the, the tripod or the person with the helmet? 
Yeah, you do, you do. So we have a Nader uh, mask and you can upload your custom image or custom logo there. You can just keep it black if you'd like in that. Uh, so literally everywhere the camera is, I could set a Nader patch being a patch for the tripod or the person who's holding the camera. Yeah, and, I, and, I could literally tell the story of the client to say either this was shot by We Get Around Atlanta or I could say this was shot for uh, for the, uh, the Gates Museum or wh whatever it is. That, and, uh, and can I do a annotation that links to a website? Is there? Uh, well, we're open to all all kinds of uh, feedback, but that that's not a not yet. Okay. Okay. I know we're going to get to uh, to a, a, a live demo to show us how okay. the cake gets baked, but I know okay. you have some other things yeah. you want. Yeah. So yeah, we do want to show um, some relevant uh, steps in okay. what takes place while. Uh, the data is up on the cloud. Something that's as automatic as Cupix has got to be doing something in the background. Um, so that's what that's what this part of the, the presentation um, is. And this, whoa, what the heck? What in the world? I should say. Okay. Slide. Slideshow. All right. Uh, uh, hey, all, if you're just tuning in, I'm Dan Smakerod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. You're watching WGAN TV live at 5 today, Tuesday, November 21st, 2017. And uh, we're visiting with Scott Anderson, the director of sales for Cupix, and in our virtual studio audience. Hey, Leon. Hey, Petra. Good to see you. Okay, so uh, here we go. We, we, we like to use Google, she Google Sheets. Um, here, give me for a moment, Scott. I just mm -hmm. I need to plug in my computer. Just power came out for a second, so almost back, almost there. Okay, thank you. Okay, so this is what's happening in the background. Once the photos are up, uh, you have the equirectangular photos, and then we're doing something called feature matching between the photos. And this uh, emphasizes the conditions for spacing when you're collecting photos because you have to have overlap between the photos. So if you've got some common features between the photos and you're taking um, uh, you know, three steps, about nine, nine or 10 feet between photos, uh, that should be good for a room of this size. So we'll uh, match and figure out the connections between photos and then we'll do this automatic 3D 360 photo mapping. Um, so each of these represents a photo station. So we're computing the camera location and the orientation in 3D space. And what you're seeing here is a top-down view of the photos, but that's actually a full 3D uh, spatial definition of each of the camera locations. So if you're standing on a chair while you're holding, holding the camera, you're standing on, a, on, on the top of the stairs, um, then that 3D location is actually 3D where the camera, um, uh, camera position actually is. Um, so we're doing that. And then uh, the model creation is automatic as well. We'll take the 3D uh, dense point cloud uh, that's being generated and compute a uh, regularized uh, mesh. Uh, so this mesh is optimized um, for the web. It's optimized for um, the geometry. And then we'll apply a texture uh, to, that, to that mesh to get it. Uh, the, the deliverable that we have. Um, yeah, so th th this is so cool what, what you're showing here because uh, this, for many of us that are shooting Matterport, we're using a camera that's capturing scanning data 
Uh, and that costs a lot of money, and which is why our, our cameras cost a lot of money because it's not just capturing the photography, it's capturing the scan data. And, I, and what you're showing through a, a, a visual computing process called photogrammetry, um, it's still possible and, and you're using it to create a dense point cloud and this 3D mesh and this texture mapping which is the, ma the, the magic behind Matterport, it's the magic behind Cupix, is, is the, this magic of how you do photogrammetry to create uh, a, a point cloud and the mesh and, the, and this texture uh, mapping. It's, it's just, it's, it's like amazing. Yeah, yeah, well, if you've got just pure imagery, uh, like, if you got pure imagery, then that, that looks great. You can move from one side to the other. And if you've got photospheres, that's um, really meaningful because you can see if something's red or you can kind of get a feel on where something's located in space. But if you've got a 3D scene, a 3D model, uh, the doors really open up. You've got uh, the ability to take measurements. You've got the ability to uh, uh, show shadows. Um, you've got the ability to uh, place annotations precisely on a uh, light fixture or a column or uh, HVAC uh, item in the scene. And when you've got that 3D definition, um, orientation and position means a lot more. So um, you can see exactly where things are pinpointing. You can see, uh, take measurements. You can really move around the scene a lot. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's possible to look at this slide and in, and either have one of two reactions: is have your eyes glaze over and and say, why do I care about that? Because all I care about is the 3D tour. Or you could look at this and say. Oh my gosh, this opens up the space for architects, engineers, construction, uh, any, any, anyone that is doing 3D modeling needs what you're showing right here in, in order to do the magic of what they do in design. So, uh, uh, you know, even if, uh, if, if you all are presently, you know, shooting 3D tours because you care about the photography, uh, there's this wide open world of making a whole lot of money uh, in the AEC space. And, uh, and that's, that's part of the magic of what we're looking at now for QPix. Can I interject? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've actually, uh, I've drawn floor plans for Matterport and also for QPix now. And the thing about what I love about the 3D mesh is uh, when you take measurements in Matterport workshop, you kind of have to visually uh, adjust your uh, measurement uh, tape, the yellow tape, to, to kind of draw it from wall to wall. But what happens here, and Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, it actually snaps to the 3D mesh. So uh, I'm not an expert, but it feels a lot more accurate to me taking the measurement here than it does with Matterport. Was that correct? It, it snaps onto the mesh? Yeah, you're actually, uh, when you put an annotation, like if you're pointing at the wall, you can snap that, that the very tip of the annotation on whatever portion of the mesh. And likewise, if you're doing a measurement um, from wall to wall, then you can pick precisely where you want to. Uh, yeah, that's a great feature. Thank you, Petra. So uh, this is uh, Petra Soderling, the founder of Blue Sketch, does a lot of 2D, 3D, uh, a floor plan creation for members of the We Get Around uh, Network uh, community. 
uh, and, and also doing interesting things in terms of virtual staging and other solutions. Thanks, Petra. Feel free to to to, to jump in. Yep. Uh, so uh, Scott, so I so you know it's kind of like Petra says. This is like oh my gosh, look at how exciting this is to be able to have the the date this this photogrammetry that create. And not only is it a point cloud, it's a color point cloud. Yeah, yeah, colored mesh, colored point cloud. Yeah, when you say point cloud and mesh, it's if you get really picky, um, you know, somebody could say, hey, it's not a point cloud, it's a mesh, it's not a mesh, it's a point cloud. But you know, when you talk about point clouds and mesh, you're talking about 3D data that you can move around and, and touch uh, and work with in, in different applications. So yeah, so anyone that's, that's doing any kind of uh, CAD programming to be able to have access to to these files is is magical, and and that and for for those of us that are uh, service provider clients, this is an opportunity for us to generate revenue. Right. So uh, there, Petra did point something out about accuracy, and I'd, I'd like to um, make make a point about that is that there are different levels of accuracy um, from different scanners. I, I myself, in, in, in a later slide, will show um, where some of the heritage and experience from our uh, Cupix team uh, has come from. I myself have worked a lot in the 3D scanning space for both terrestrial and aerospace and automotive 3D scanning and the range of scanners are is, is uh, and quality and the uh, precise uh, precision and accuracy of the, the uh, data that's collected is, is a wide range. It's almost as wide as um, uh, microscopes and telescopes and DSL cameras and web, ca web cameras uh, for photography. There's just a huge range of, of um, tools for uh, collecting 3D data accurately. And what we have here is we don't have we don't have a, a, a point cloud that's going to be uh, the same level as a piece of survey equipment or the, the same level as say a, um, a laser a laser scanner. What we have is uh, conceptual and plan grade accuracy. Uh, 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 scan or, or measurement data. Um, so we want to make sure that we're not uh, overstepping and um, trying to compete with any survey. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can restate this in a, a little sure. different way, Scott, because I yeah. think I think about accuracy of data in three ways, and then maybe correct me if I'm wrong. In, in the first way, is an architect that's doing a renovation project um, that if the if the data is good enough for the architect to create designs to convey to a client, uh, they don't need the accuracy of being able to install a mirror or um, they, they just need it to be good enough for to sketch or design in a CAD program like SketchUp to be able to propose a design to a client. So that's kind of phase one. Phase two is that the, that the, the design needs to be good enough for subcontractors to quote on a project, to be able to calculate how much paint, how much floor, uh, um, uh, count doors, whatever it might be. So it's the data is, is likely to be good enough for phase one sketching, visualization, good enough for uh, subcontractors to quote on a project. And then in phase three, um, the the, as I understand, the custom in the AEC space is everyone measures themselves for what they're doing. And that, frankly, no matter how accurate the data is, if you're going to install a door, you're going to come make your own measurements uh, because you're not going to trust anyone else's data because if that 
door or window or whatever doesn't fit, you're going to be the one that's going to have to replace it, not the person that did the original sketch. So I think in the third phase for most of us in the We Get Around Network Forum community, uh, it's likely that your point cloud mesh texture mapping is going to be good enough for, for phase one, phase two, and phase three, people are going to, uh, vendors are going to make their own measurements anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, I really like the way you put that. Yeah, and that, that uh, last measurement could be with tape, it could be with uh, disto, it could be, um, it could be a laser scanner. Uh, yeah, I, you know, and I'm speaking in part from the the remodeling that uh, that my wife and I did of a master bathroom where I scanned the bathroom and the architect modeled it in SketchUp. And when when we have a very tricky, interesting glass pane in the shower that does all kinds of odd shapes of how it goes from the ceiling to the wall to the floor, uh, you bet that vendor brought in a, uh, a laser scanner in, in order for that glass to be precise, because if it wasn't precise, it wasn't going to fit. And I, I don't think any, uh, e even if we had brought in a $150,000 scanner, the fact that we scanned it and, and not the vendor doing the glass, uh, I don't think he would have accepted our scanning data anyway. Uh, he wanted to do his own measurements before he cut the glass for our custom installation. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, you could definitely spend a lot of time on this slide. And well, I'll say one more thing before I, um, uh, before I suggest we go to the next uh, next topic here is that the 3D, these 3D cameras, 360 cameras rather, uh, the noise and the optics and the sensors, there's, uh, they're, there's, they're only about 24 mega, 15 and 24 megapixel uh, cameras. So there's not a lot of pixels in these uh, photos. I think this one is about 25 megapixels. The Ricoh Theta is about you know, 15 or so. Um, so there's not a lot of pixel uh, pixels here and they're spread across a whole 360 view. Um, so you're not dealing with DSLR uh, quality quality data. Um, it's a really uh, realistic uh, uh, situation where the data is just not 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 perfect, even if you got the data on a tripod. So it, it's quite challenging, and our developers spend quite a lot of time uh, to make this possible uh, with your off-the-shelf consumer-grade 360 camera. All right, cool. Are we up to seeing uh, this, to see how uh, the the uh, baking a cake? How this? Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, this this is just the final um, preview. So you'll get an auto-generated floor plan uh, sketch. Uh, this is very nice because uh, we've got these so-called polylines kind of drawn in for you, um, and this uh, helps expedite the generation of uh, floor plan uh, creation and the accuracy of the floor plan creation because these things are, are, are created for you. You've got the location of all the 3D uh, photos and you've got a camera locations uh, with the connectivity to enable the virtual walkthrough as it says there in the, in the slide. Um, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to the, let's get to the um, baked, uh, baked tool. That's okay. This looks like an interesting slide. You want to okay. take us, you want to yeah, take us through yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. Um, slide. Okay, so this would be uh, what we saw in the last uh, uh, real to, uh, a live demo, which is showing the same tour. Um, so this would be a common deliverable uh, from Cupix is just to get the embed code. 
so that you can drop it in your website or drop it in uh, retail's uh, website. And just, um, everybody, every MSP knows what that what that's about. You can view that with a mobile, tablet, PC, Mac, VR goggles, you name it. Very, uh, very robust to any type of software they're using. And from this, it could be the 3D tour with the camera uh, camera locations. You could have some 3D highlights. Um, so that you can navigate from uh, the living room to the kitchen to the uh, to the, fi the fireplace, and um, the embed code is what you would um, be delivering there. You can also enable some 3D measurements, but I'm going to yeah, uh, Scott. When I look at this slide, I see uh, two things. First, um, uh, about delivering anywhere, so smartphone, tablet, laptop, desktop, and VR. So there's 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 ways to view it, uh, but I would also kind of add on this slide particularly for members of the We Get Around Network Forum community, is that um, this embed code is, is going to play nice with WP3D models, WordPress plugin. So if you're using that, uh, you're just going to grab that code and you're going to be good to go. Uh, and second, um, this, uh, this would work perfectly fine with uh, 360 dot tours. So if you're uh, shooting a lot of 360s and you have a 3D tour and a photos and video and other floor plans, other digital assets, um, this, this all perfectly uh, syncs with platforms like 360 tours, 360 dot tours and WP3D models. Okay. Yeah, great. Um, Okay, and then uh, the other type of deliverable, um, you know what, I'm going to just switch over to this. Okay, I, I did want to point that out because a, a lot of the, the, the sharing may not just be simply taking iframe and embedding it in a website, but using it in a content management system that's designed for uh, viewing and sharing. And that may be a, another way for people to uh, not just deliver a 3D tour, but to deliver everything all together. Uh, let's call it a single property website, for lack of a better term, that includes the Cupix 3D tour, the floor plans, a map, property description, uh, uh, video, photos, aerial, etc. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, what? I'm going to just go back to this because we'll keep it nice and coherent. Uh, yeah, for content management to have all the all your analytics tick in and all your uh, uh, um, all the access uh, working together, absolutely. Yeah, and just take that embed code and drop it in. Um, this would be a, more of a collaboration, excuse me, uh, situation where you've got a three D model and you're doing some rendering or visualization. You're placing uh, annotations on uh, the site. Um, you're working with uh, Point cloud doing 3D texture mesh download, and you're merging uh, 3D data across floor plans. Um, so this would be uh, be the cl collaboration uh, situation. So I'm going to show both of these uh, live. Uh, live. I, I I would like to just ask Petra the, if you had any questions looking at that slide. You're our, you're our go-to for floor plans. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I don't have any questions. I've uh, drawn a few floor plans for Scott um, using Cupix. Uh, I love it very much. The thing that I love about Cupix is that I think the real estate market in this country could really benefit from adding floor plans as you know one deliverable in addition to photographs and 3D virtual tours. And currently, there are really no um, 
no good tools for getting the measurements so that people like uh, Blue Sketch could draw the floor plans. So having Cupics, being able to take um, a lower cost 360 cameras and, and create that 3D mesh and the point cloud and then uh, having people like us uh, be able to create those floor plans, it's great. Uh, it's, it's easy to do. I'm sure a lot of other people will be drawing floor plans for Cupics. Um, um, and the thing that I love that I mentioned already is kind of like the accuracy of the, the measurement. We talked about accuracy, but I'm saying that in terms of um, finding one point of measurement and then scaling the whole floor plan based on that one point makes the whole floor plan scale nicely so that when we create it, we can really feel that we've created a coherent schematic floor plan that people, the home buyers can trust that, you know, this measurement and that measurement are in scale in proportion to each other. Yeah, uh, a great point, Petra. And I, I think, Scott, one of the things we haven't talked about uh, that is a differentiator between Cupix and Matterport is uh, Cupix allows for measurement on the front end uh, so that anyone, if, I'm presuming if you've enabled it, that anyone can actually drop points and do measurements on, on the front end. You don't have to be in the, in the back end of, of Cupix to do measurements. Uh, correct, correct. And I'll, I'll show that as we jump into the uh, uh, example. Mm -hmm. Leon, yeah. Uh, if you can take yourself off mute there, uh, if you, or I can do that for you. Okay. Kind of, can you hear me? Yep. Question here. Um, in terms of, uh, and I think it's question is more uh, directed to either Petra or Scott. In order to do the uh, floor plan, do I understand correctly that one has to uh, uh, do a measurement of one uh, to, to, to sort of create a uh, gauge to, 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 to improve the accuracy of the floor plan? Is that correct? Um. No, yeah, you do need a reference uh, shape. Okay. Uh, 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 what I'm actually trying to ask you, do you have to calibrate uh, in order to do a accurate floor plan? Do you have yeah. to calibrate one of the distances on the uh, floor plan to get an accurate floor plan? Yeah, you sure you sure do. Yeah, you sure do. Um, so, so, so when you actually shoot on site, you actually use a, 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 a laser distance measuring uh, equipment and then you measure between two walls and then... Petra, if I send that to you with, I say, between those two walls, that is the accurate measurement, then you can accurately draw floor plans. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And Petra, when you're doing some of your measurements, I could imagine that you're looking for things that are, that are industry standard, maybe uh, the width of a door. Yeah. So ideally, I would get a, a reference measurement from the client. So the client would say that, you know, I'm, I laser measured that wall and it's, uh, you know, 10 feet or whatever, if, if that piece of measurement is lacking, then we would use an industry standard, you know, just an estimate, a door width or, a, I don't know, toilet seat or something like that. So I could imagine, I don't know if this is a question for Leon or Scott or Petra, that uh, maybe we get around is going to be in the business of selling giant rulers or something where you could go to a PDF and you print it out and it's a scale and you make sure you shoot you shoot the scale in the space and you can hide that scan or that photo so that it's not showing up in the 3D tour. But Petra, would that give you the measurement now that you need? Yeah, I really only need one. 
because we do the rest of the scaling in the software where we draw the floor plan. But if it was a if it was, if it a, was a paper ruler that was pulled across the space and it was photographed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe Petra, I'm I'm looking so, for the holiday gift from yeah. you for the PDF file, yeah. which is the giant ruler to put up on the wall when shooting cupics so that uh, Leon doesn't have to bring his laser measurer. It's just, he can go print it out in the UK and be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Okay. All right. Good, good question, Leon. And thank you, Petra. And Scott, back to you. Okay. So what I've got here is in I've, uh, Petra, I sent you a private message uh, because I wanted to uh, show one of the samples that, um, the, the, I know. I, I'm yeah. looking for it. I think at least I did the BK okay. B type one. Yeah, I thought it'd be easier to find, but um, I'll, I'll I'll locate it if you if you happen to stumble upon it, then uh, we can bring okay. that up. Uh, the what, what we got here is this just to keep continuity between uh, what we've been showing is this is the actual editor. Um, so this is what you get when you're working on um, uh, edited. Uh, tour. This represents photos that have been uploaded. Um, so you can click on the photo. You can see um, any of the photos that have been uploaded. So there's some from the uh, bedroom and from the kitchen. And we've got about 53 photos uploaded of this uh, space, which is, which I'd estimate would be, be about 2,000, 2000 square feet or so. Um, so really quick, uh, quite a few uh, photos to capture uh, the space. And once those are uploaded, the software automatically processes the photos to create this tour. And that's what we're seeing is we're seeing this tour uh, being created. And um, you get a couple of things with the tour. Um, you've, get, you've got a, um, a floor plan uh, that's being shown. That's what's uh, over here, um, like so. Um, so this is an automatically generated uh, floor plan. We've got a couple of extra photos that were taken in this room. Um, and we can hide and show these photos. So we can hide the photo and show the photo. Um, if necessary. Right now we've got one, two, three, four, about six or six or so photos plus one in the restroom um, that are captured on the floor, um, but we could work with any um, uh, fewer, fewer photos to be sure. And then what we have here on the left hand uh, side is um, the 3D uh, space uh, that's being looked in in three in, in the floor plan view. Okay, so if we were to navigate and we wanted to change uh, text, we could uh, modify the text to say, um, we get around network, okay? And then we could uh, move that text uh, forward, um, forward or back. Um, we could uh, rotate the text and change it back to QPix. And what you might be noticing is that there's actually actual shadowing uh, happening uh, with, uh, with the photo. So this is actually an object that exists in 3D. We're actually getting 3D um, uh, 3D information that's being um, added to that uh, uh, to that that object. Um, so I'm just looking at the screen. I can change the text, the height, the width, the depth, the width, the color, the hexad hexadecimal number. Up, oh, I can call up a color palette, select the font, and lock the position. I'm just trying to make that easy for someone that's uh, maybe too small on their screen. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, with the annotations uh, that we have here, this is some sh these are some shelves, and we've got uh, some text that says IKEA. But there's no reason why we could put a hyperlink um, to IKEA uh, right here to the actual um, uh, product that we wanted to link to. 
Well, so I, I think I'm seeing that in that description that I could add a, uh, a hyperlink. And uh, so I would imagine if I do a tripod patch, a Nader patch, that I could actually link the, to the client's website if the tour was happened to be embedded someplace else. Yeah, things, things along those, those areas would be, um, would be possible. Yeah, or for that matter, I, I want to order whatever that is through IKEA. That's the link that takes me to that item. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, all, all the text markup is, is possible there uh, as well. The uh, annotations. Excuse, we can excuse me, Scott. Uh, Leon had a question. If you could unmute yourself there, Leon. Leon. Scott, you're probably about to answer the question. Um, yeah. uh, just for the sake of clarity, what files can I drop into the annotation? Is it just the hyperlinks? What, what else can I, uh, can I drop PDFs? Yeah. Can I drop uh, video? What, what can I drop in there? All right, good question. So right now we can insert odd, odd back, odd backs, objects. Um, so we got to fix that. This is, we're running off of the staging server. Um, yeah. You can put in uh, photo frames. Um, so if you wanted to put in a photo frame, and uh, choose an asset that you had um, already uploaded. Um, then you could choose this, uh, say, exhibit hall, or um, and just have that as an asset, or choose a PNG and have that um, be part of the um, asset, or even just use a publicly available link. Um, like, uh, let's see if I've got one here that I can pull up quickly. Um, here we go. Put the Cupix team here. Copy Dropbox link. So I can just put a, a URL uh, to a page and set that um, as uh, the URL, and that would be uh, content that could be added um, to the uh, to the to the box there. Um, so you can have this these kind of objects uh, being supported. Uh, we've got some requests for YouTube videos or other video uh, video content. Also some requests for OBJ files or PLY files that might link, um, uh, you know, link to actual geometry. That could be a, um, a vehicle and a, maybe a uh, vehicle accident reconstruction case. It can um, certainly be um, some furniture that, that's being staged. Scott, uh, so I, I recall you're just back from the Autodesk conference. Uh, correct. Yeah, we, we just got back from that conference. Right? So, uh, what kind of things are, are, are folks in, in the uh, that, that are doing 3D modeling looking at this? What, what kind of things are they looking for for annotation? Uh, they're doing things like placing annotations uh, for areas to check up on, uh, check the status on, uh, check for clearances, check for interference, um, just to write about anything that's happening on a, on a construction site or in a maintenance situation. It could be as simple as uh, uh, noting where fire extinguishers are for safety purposes. It could be uh, documenting uh, a facility and just uh, putting annotations uh, in, in a space. Um, so there's a wide variety of, of uses that come to play in an AEC situation. Yeah, I could imagine in some cases the the architect is in one city, the project is in another city, the construction foreman could literally be someplace else. And uh, this is an opportunity to be able to shoot the space today uh, and have the appropriate people review the, the um, uh, marked up or not marked up. So the, the um, 
the foreman wants the market up, has got questions for the architect or the architect's got questions, uh, you know, uh, or the safety inspector is pointing out that, uh, you know, you're missing the flashing here. Hey, I, I see that the construction guys, as we're shooting, aren't wearing their helmets. Uh, they're not wearing their, their um, uh, um, uh, help me out here. They're not wearing their, their, uh, their, 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 their hat, their hard hat. They're not wearing their hard hat. They, they're, I, I see, you know, all kinds of safety issues here that, uh, that, 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 that a safety uh, foreman could look at a job site uh, virtually and mark it up and, and tell the, the, the project manager that, you know, hey, here are things that need to be dealt with. Uh, we don't want to get cited for this stuff and we want our team to be safe. So it seems like these, this annotation is, is really exciting. Could you call up one, one of your, uh, um, where you edit one of your, do you, yeah. you have a name for it? Matterport calls it a, a matter tag. Do you have a name for it? We're just calling them um, pushpins at the moment. Um, so with this pushpin that's right here, um, I can pick a custom head <laughs> Yeah, so before you go on, I just want to kind of read out loud here. So I can I can name the push pin. I can title. So I presume shelves is the title. The name is the ID. I think I have that backwards. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to read what I can do here. In the description, I can do bold, italic, underline, uh, make maybe capital letters, a hyperlink, and uh, maybe uh, a di different font. Is that what that is? I think that's subtext, actually. Subtext, okay. And then I can control the, the width, the color. I can lock the position, show a leader line. Uh, please explain that and allow custom head point. Please explain that. Okay, so let's look at um, the leader line uh, right here. So the leader line is the orange line at the moment. Um, we'll make it more visible by making it a red. Mm -hmm. Thank color. you. Okay. Um, so the leader line shown and now it's being hidden and now it's being shown again. And with the leader line, you've got um, a start point that's coming from somewhere on the 3D geometry. And this 3D geometry, it could be tied um, to uh, um, say an annotation um, or some 3D text, or it could just be tied to um, the uh, 3D mesh that's in, in the background. So um, that's me um, assigning this leader line uh, to about where the outlet is um, so that it's now tied to that um, that area of the mesh. So any, any place where I walk around uh, to look at um, the annotation, it's always uh, present there. It's always looking at that uh, part of uh, the mesh, always looking at that part of the 3D model. It makes it really meaningful to understand what is trying to be conveyed with the annotation. Cool. Could you mouse over the different controls uh, at the top and then perhaps the bottom and just point out what we're looking at? Okay. Yeah, sure. So uh, what we're looking at is um, the floor plan on the left. Okay. Um, and then on the right, we have a perspective, a walkthrough view. So we're looking at it in walkthrough mode. Mm -hmm. um, we have a 3D mode, uh, which th shows just the raw 3D mesh. Um, without any texture, so you can see the annotations, so you can see the camera positions. Mm -hmm. And next to that, we have a 3D texture mode that shows uh, the mesh with the texture applied to it. Again, you can see the annotations. Mm -hmm. And what you'll uh, notice is if I um, decide to hide 
um, or look look through the walls, look through the doorways. I have occlusion uh, between all of the meshes um, and the annotations mm -hmm. where they're actually hidden, uh, depending on what the geometry uh, defines. And you have some tools like uh, reset view and um, insert object. Uh, this, this could be things like a box uh, that you can place inside of the view. And if you're placing a box inside of uh, the view, you might want to drag this around in different directions or, or move it up uh, up and down. Um, so you have that, those kind of options um, options there. And this can be useful for um, defining a, a, a region of interest. If you need some information requests from a format, a performance, making a request on some area or some block of a construction site and they can lay down this block and say, hey, I need, I need to know what's going on here. I don't quite, okay. I don't quite get and, it. So, um, and I just want to read out loud for, for those because I know the print can be small. That In that, uh, that uh, call out box there, it says object properties, uh, name, width, height, depth, color, transparency. Uh, I lost the box. Uh, Oh, we did lose the box. Where'd it go? Um, uh, maybe if you go back up to that menu there and just o o open. Uh, huh. Oh, there it is. Okay. You know what? Uh, I, I tried that I, that's okay. I can control uh, frosted, gla uh, frosted glass uh, clipping. Not sure what that means. Show dimensions, show edges, and lock position. So. Clipping would mean? Uh, clipping refers to the 3D geometry uh, that's present in the mesh. So um, I can, if I turn on clipping, um, then it affects how the mesh gets displayed. Not, not a very often used uh, okay. Um, okay. Take us, if you would, if you could go back, uh, if you close the object properties box, and then um, you started to go through the menus on the top right um, under the save button. The blue save button in the, uh, yeah, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, you've got a walkthrough. Walkthrough. Okay. You've got uh, a three D mode. This is an internal um, internal setting that's not available in the production server. Okay. Um, you've got a three D mode and a, a texture mode. Uh, you can reset the view. If you're taking um, measurements, uh, and we definitely want to show that. Okay. Uh, let's look at that in one of these rooms. Uh, we can just do it from this room. Let me hide the objects for a second. That'll yep. clear up the space. Um, so I'll walk over here, and I'll take a measurement from this wall to the other wall. Um, I can measure a distance. Uh, so this was what Petro was describing. I can uh, choose any area of the mesh um, that, I, that I want to. So I can choose, say, uh, this area of the mesh, and I uh, hit the Shift uh, button to select that area, and I choose this area of the mesh. Um, and then you have the... Uh, measurement being taken and there it is okay so there's the measurement that was just captured went a little bit fast for me i'm looking for for that line that's going from wall to wall that is the the those two yellow lines yeah let me, let me get into a place where there's not so much going on maybe this room okay okay let's try that again over here okay so i've got uh, the measurement uh, tool so i'll hit the shift key uh, on the side i'll hit the shift key on this side and then voila, we've got the measurement. And uh, does that automatically assume that it's a 90 degree angle and it squares it up? 
It does, yeah. There is um, that expectation in the in the measurement. Uh, well, that's been my expectations for th since July of 2014, since I bought the camera and uh, the Matterport camera. And I I must say, it doesn't square up. I, you know, still to this day in in workshop, I unless I am using it wrong, that if I drop a point on that wall and this wall in a 3D environment, it's up to me to figure out if it's a 90 degree angle where, I don't know, just common sense would, would say, I don't know, with 98% of the, the use cases would be, I want to know the distance between this wall and this wall, and I don't want to know it on a diagonal, and I, I don't want to know it on a slant. I just want to know from this wall to that wall that, please, assume that it's 90 degrees. And I, I think what you said is, well, well, I wouldn't expect to do it any other way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so, uh, yeah, so Matterport, a Matterport versus Cupix, that is an example uh, that uh, that it it works the way one would expect it to work, but just drop a point and measure the distance, and you got to just figure that if you're going for opposite walls, I want a straight line, and I, I want to know what the distance is. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So that's what we're doing. So if you're doing floor to ceiling. Um, I see it's in, uh, in, in I see it's to, in metrics. Uh, I presume that I can get it in uh, U.S. imperial feet and inches. That is a feature we're offering that we feel is very important. So, so, so yeah, is, is can, it presently in. today, even in Cupix beta, that uh, I have a choice between metrics and uh, uh, U.S. imperial uh, feet and inches? Yeah, it is. I, I think this, uh, last time I checked, um, if we didn't have this assigned early, um, it could cause a hiccup, but it looks like it's working just fine. Um, so okay. I can go to feet and metric. Okay. And toggle good. Between those really easily. Okay, good. What, what else you got? I, I, have, I have some debris on the screen, which is a little box to the left of the word standard to the right of the word show object. Maybe if you move your screen, I'll be able to see whatever other words that you have. There's, there's, I'm sure it's related to our video conference of how we're doing this, but can you just try sliding your screen down a little bit and let's see if I can, it's, yeah, that fixed it. So, uh, so I see uh, photo resolution. So what, what's, what's the difference between standard and whatever is toggled behind that? Uh, okay, so a low, uh, low resolution just helps out in the editor uh, view so that you're not working with, um, you're not working with high resolution photos that are being uh, collected um, while is you're it, editing. It doesn't really, it's not really pragmatic. So photo uh, resolution, editing. photo resolution in here only applies to editing. Do I, if, when I output, do I need to specify high or it automatically defaults to the, to the, the high resolution? Yeah, it automatically defaults. Um, it automatically streams into whatever your um, browser can, uh, and your bandwidth can support, so you you don't really have to worry about about that. But as we get into an editing situation, you might be doing things like uh, adjusting um, adjusting photo uh, gamma values, or adjusting color hues, or adjusting brightness or contrast. And that's something that that we that I'll show in the publisher. Um, then it can be helpful to have the full hmm. resolution there. This, but once well, that, in this the, is interesting because I, I again forgive me, but I you know in, in Matterport I have no control over any of that. So let let's talk about uh, you know what what does a photographer have control over? You know can we change color saturation sharpness? Uh, uh, what, you know what 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 can I yeah, do? Yeah yeah yeah. 
basic options, yeah, um, adjust color um, right here would be um, a gamma increase, um, for example, and a contrast uh, increase, and a saturation increase or decrease. So it's quite easy to make those modifications if you've got some exposure settings that are off. So let, let me just read through all of them. In adjust color, I can change brightness, contrast, hue, saturation, gamma, vibrance, and thank heavens there's a button there that says apply to all photos. So yeah, how exciting is that? Boom, and you're done. Uh, everything, and then now everywhere I walk um, is going to have that um, have that impact. So you also have the reset button and you can apply that to all photos to get right back to where you want to be. And um, when we're doing things like modifying geometry, um, there's undos and redos uh, that work too. So you got a really nice uh, user experience for uh, you know, making mistakes and, and fixing Okay, those. that's cool. Now, uh, I think we've covered everything. Well, I still see at the top, overview, floor plan, publisher, and review. Is there anything you want to point out on those menus? Yeah. Can I make a comment while we're still in this view? Just a, a quick comment on the objects. I know a lot of people frequently ask about um, the, the possibility to stage a Matterport tour, meaning bring furniture into a tour of uh, an empty house. And uh, it's my understanding that a lot of people are doing different kinds of R&D trials and they're getting close, but there isn't a commercial solution out there. So what you guys are doing with, with the objects, uh, being able to edit the material of the box that you currently offer, and then you offer text mode. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit, but um, wouldn't that be awesome somewhere along the line to have a, that feature in Cupix where you could bring in a, a whole chair or a couch or a table into a room? Yeah, yeah, and with we've got we're, we're supporting texture here, so place some texture on that, and then um, uh, have a rendering engine to get some of the lighting in there. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Um, that, that, would, that would be. I just think well. that looks very promising in that regard too. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, thank you, uh, uh, Blue Sketch founder Petra Soderling, uh, joining us today at WGA and TV Live at five. So Scott, uh, other things to point out on those that top menu? Yeah, what I'm going to show here. Uh, so the overview is very straightforward. The floor plan. Um, that's just a collection of photos. Um, the floor plan is where you can um, bring in a floor plan. Um, let's say that uh, Petra created this. Uh, Petra was looking for yours, but I think this is pretty. Uh, might not be quite as good as what you're creating, but um, I think it does does a good example of showing what you can do with the floor plan. So this is um, a floor plan that is uh, pause there for just for a moment, Scott, because I, again, because I, I, I know the text can be so small if you're if you're looking at this in the yeah. in, in the forum. So on the arrange section, section one, I can see the X position, the Y position, scale size, rotate, elevation, camera height. Uh, and then lock position. So I think what you're sh showing us here is there's the floor plan that's created on the fly automatically by Cubix, but that you can take a professionally drafted floor plan, let's say by Blue Sketch, uh, overlay it, scale it, get it to the right size, and then that becomes the floor plan that you actually show uh, where the camera is located. I don't know what to call it in the in the uh, player. Oops. 
and the Qpix player on the front end on a smartphone, tablet, laptop, or desktop, and I'm looking at the floor plan, I, you've just shown, correct me if I'm wrong, but how to substitute a professionally created floor plan that can now be the graphic to show where the scans are located and which way they're facing. Yeah, thanks for explaining that in, in rich detail. Yeah, so that's exactly what we have here. So um, on the left is, um, these are the controls for uh, scaling the floor plan and um, rotating the floor plan. If it's off by a couple of degrees, you can um, um, move it at 15 degree intervals, for example. Um, and then we've got undo uh, tools that work like you'd expect, so I can unscale um, those those changes if I need to, um, or drag and, and slide these around um, to my heart's content. Um, uh -huh. Uh, but yeah, what we have here on the left-hand side is the automatically generated floor plan that's automatically created from the uploaded photos. And on the right, we have the professionally drafted floor plan, something that um, would be representative of what. Yeah, and where is the button that says uh, buy, f buy floor plans from Blue Sketch? <laughs> yeah, that, so we've got a lot of development coming along. And one of the things that we want to talk about is uh, export and then... Um, and that kind of workflow to take the data directly to um, Blue Sketch for that, those kind of operations. yeah. How, how did you bring the floor the uh, floor plan in into this environment? I think uh, yeah, very, very simple. It's kind of like what you might expect. This is an image, um, so the floor plan image is over here. So if I were to um, um, click on this button, then I could choose the ah, any digital asset. Bring it in. This happens to be a floor plan, but it it could be literally this could be the architects. Uh, Revit detailed. Uh, here, here's the uh, here's the heating and air conditioning layer. Mm -hmm. uh, here's the electrical layer. It could uh, simply be Google imagery, or um, yeah, as well, yeah, it could be anything that you'd, you'd want to uh, provide there. Crazy. Okay. Cool. That's uh, there's nothing like that for Matterport. That's really different. So that kudos. Okay, so uh, without the transparency and just with the camera positions, you can imagine that it might be tough to uh, let's get this out of the way. It might be tough to locate where this where this goes. Um, but with the automatically generated uh, floor plan, it becomes really easy to snap these to corners and find you know find exactly where this needs to go. Um, so it's really simple to just get that locked uh, right on. And um, there we go. Um, so now instead of dealing with the automatically generated floor plan, we've got a professionally uh, generated floor plan and that now exists like we've seen in the other um, player examples of Cupix. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, I see are there are other tools. Uh, there's review. Well, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You're going to overview floor plan publisher. Yeah, yeah. So this is about where we're at for um, this covers about everything for the floor plan. The, the other thing to cover uh, here is that if we had um, a mismatch, um, say these photos weren't connected. Yes, that question. What if what if we got a problem with connecting, or what if we have to go in after the fact and collect some more data that wasn't wasn't available earlier on? Then we could have these different uh, chunks of data that we could slide and drag around, just like we're showing here. So we can drag. So, uh, so do you want to show how to connect some? Uh, I, I want to say scan, but it's not a scan. If two three sixty photos that haven't been connected, but you need to make a connection so somebody can actually walk the space? Um, maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit uh, later, because this one's a nice, uh, um, this one's already automatically connected. So you okay. really only run into those problems if you make a, um, you have an issue with uh, photography. And if that does happen, it's really easy to easy to fix. Um, but I don't, I don't really have that on screen. Uh, okay. 
but yeah, very easy to set up. And then in the publisher, uh, we have uh, the publish option. So I'm going to start up here on the on the publisher. Um, over here, we've got the publish. So we can preview the publish. This is going to pop up a view like we've seen before. I see a save button. Do, should I? Does it auto save as I'm working, or I should save every once in a while just in case things kind of? Yeah, you should save every save. every once in a while. Yeah, that, okay. that'd be good good approach. Um, okay. okay. So this is the preview, and this has the text that I have here. It's got the red annotation. Um, there's supposed to be an image there. Um, you can navigate around. Uh, you can navigate to any of the floor locations. So. Um, you can see the measurements that are in uh, the view. What we have here on the bottom is a highlight reel. Um, so you can go directly to the living room. You can navigate directly to the kitchen, navigate directly to the first bathroom. Um, and so you can uh, set up those hi that highlight reel and also uh, define um, uh, the thumbnail uh, that gets created there and also the orientation. So if you wanted to have a different orientation where you're looking at the ceiling in one uh, one highlight reel and then... Now, I'm confused. Where where did you create living room, kitchen, and bathroom? I presume you... Uh, did we have to show that? Okay. No? Um, yeah, uh, then let's, let's do... Let's add another area. Um, how about the bedroom? Okay, let's go to the bedroom. Okay. The bedroom um, entry. So we can add this bedroom entry as a highlight uh, here. So this is add to highlights. Okay, so that I know we have. Ah, okay, great. Okay, so whatever whatever's on your screen, boom. Now you can change the name, so so you can yeah. have that on the highlight. Now I presume I have a way to navigate by uh, traveling either by walking through uh, using the uh, sergeants, what what I feel like is a Google Street View implementation, or I could click on a highlight and, and go right to that point. Yeah, yeah. So and, and I have the map. So I, I have the floor plan view that I can see what scan I'm looking at or actually presumably click on the scan on the map on the floor plan and then end up in that space in my view. Jump right there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a... Uh, so those are the, those are the basic options. And then when you get into the customization options, um, you have autoplay and you have a player uh, background. So with a background image, uh, we could upload something like, uh, let's say this, this imagery, right? Uh, here, just something wild and crazy that um, you might want to upload. Um, so that, that kind of upload would cause the preview um, to start with an uh, image or some imagery of um, the, that a realtor might want to show. So I'm going to hit the save button twice here. And then um, when this loads, rather than going straight to the tour and eating up some of the bandwidth, you're showing uh, you know, a hero image of the property or your face with the realtor or or whatever branding or imagery you want to provide. And then so it's, it's, it sounds like I have the choice of either immediately going into the tour uh, or to go, as you described, to a hero image of uh, whatever I, I decide to put there. I didn't understand, wow, there's a lot going on here, uh, Scott. Maybe I should stop talking and just let you yeah. do your thing. Yeah. So well, this is the tour that we've really annotated and marked up uh, quite a bit. So um, that, that would be it. You can go to the kitchen, the first bathroom, and the bedroom and navigate anywhere you wanted to go. And that's 
that's what you get out of the player. So like uh, for newbies, um, this, the, the process would be a lot less elaborate uh, than this. You just open, uh, upload the files, and then you just publish the tour. That'd be about uh, the most of what, what you do. You That's okay, but I, I think we're all new to, to Cubic, so I think we can be a, you know, a pro user, a power mm -hmm. user of Cubic. So I, I think learning about you know, the different tools. So I'm looking under custom player. It says mm -hmm. autoplay, show Nadir photo, enable measure, enable VR mode, show floor plan, and blur faces. This, like, I, this is like a whole tutorial on it, on just this box here. This is like, okay. so it's, this is very exciting, Scott, seeing so, this stuff. So, okay, take, us, so take us through each of those. Absolutely. absolutely. So uh, I'm going to save these settings so that they appear in the, uh, in the player. So now I have Nadir photo. Um, and when okay. and excuse me, when Scott says Nadir, he's referring to like re replacing the tripod with some image that we can grab. So it might be a, a logo and a phone number and a website for the photographer. Maybe it's the client's information. So that's when it says Nadir, uh, Nader, Nadir. That's what we're talking about. And there's an example: virtual tour redefined, presented by, powered by Cupix. So we, we don't have to have the Cupix logo. You just happen to be showing it. We could substitute our own logo there. Absolutely, you can put your own logo, your own um, image uh, there on the bottom. Absolutely. Okay. So we we have to we have to pause for a moment and and just how excited is this? Because we're we're so used to Matterport putting their logo on everything, uh, including the floor plans and inclu including the 3D tour. So I think we this. Uh, this is like uh, an aha moment for, for those of us that are looking for a, a white label solution. Yeah, Leon. Quick one. Um, before I have to experiment, what is the uh, pixel size of the logo? Uh, it's going to be shown right here in the preferences. Um, so if you go to the preferences tab, I'll load that up real quick and I can answer that for you. Um, settings preferences okay this is where you can upload your own logo image so you're not mm -hmm. stuck with cupix and this is where you can upload your own nadir nadir photo so it says uh pretty big 512 uh pixels okay. but i believe there's there's been some uh a support ticket or two that's been added to that so that, that might have might have uh, changed recently and we can have even a higher resolution um, so what, what i'm reading is jpeg or png format width and height should be the same size, should be uh, powers of two, such as 64 by 64, 128 by 128, up to 512 by 512 in pixels. That is super exciting. That's, that That's is exciting. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have two really excited people on your call, and I think I can probably speak for the three excited four excited every we're all excited i probably could actually speak for the we get around network forum community because there has been so much energy spent on saying why can't we have our own branding without it saying matterport and cupix is saying oh yeah that's fine we do that yeah that's fine we do that yeah you click here to upload and you click here to um, change the image when you get started yeah mm -hmm. it's yours to 
yours to customize. While we're here, do you want to show the rest of this uh, menu on the left? Yeah, let's take a quick uh, look. You can have a watermark image. Um, this is going to be the image that loads up when the player first loads. Um, that, that branding and theming is, uh, is pervasive through the player. Here's the Nadir uh, Nader uh, photo. You can change some of the initial fields of view. So when the player first loads, are you looking at a widescreen or a narrow screen? Narrow screen? Um, for the floor plan background, if your floor plans are coming in uh, in a darker color rather than a lighter color, or your auto your CAD files black background with white um, white line work, you could use a dark background. If it's the other way around uh, with a dark background and white line work, you could use um, something different. Um, you can change transparency and um, floor plan color, and you can toggle between a couple different languages: um, you know, Japanese, English, and uh, Korean and you can change the units uh, to whatever best works uh, for you. Um, and then on the account <coughs> settings, you can customize your own <coughs> excuse me, logo. This helps with collaboration uh, cases. So if I'm sharing with, um, if you're sharing with Petra and Petra is making a floor plan for you, um, then you're gonna recognize her face and be more comfortable sharing that. Um, and then if you're sharing with your other uh, contractors or other owners or other uh, other business uh, business associates, um, then they can each make those modifications um, very easily. And there's some settings like email notification and um, newsletters and just some other basic. Uh, basic. So, so Scott, I think I, I what I'm hearing is on collaboration. Um, can more than one person be in this editor at the same time? Uh, yeah, so we were going to get to that after we got to the publisher tab. Um, so let's go. Why don't we go back to um, get out of this preferences area? Got a lot of windows open. So get out of the preferences and go back to the 3D tour and specifically the 3D tour that we were working on. Mm -hmm. uh, so with the 3, 3D tour that we're working on, we're focusing here on the Nad uh, Nader photo. Um, this is enabling measurement um, within the uh, view within the 3D view. So if we wanted to let somebody take a measurement in the master um, bedroom um, using feet as measurements, then they could do that um, directly from the player. Um, so you have that, that those kind of options uh, there. <laughs> and then um, blurring faces is <clears throat> really pragmatic if you're taking a tour of a live scene. So for example, at the mall or a, um, or a restaurant and just capturing all the action and the excitement that's there. You wanna capture that action, you wanna capture the people there, um, but you don't want to have the, um, the their identity shown. So the blurring faces really helps out. Could you um, show us how that works? I recognize you don't have a person in there, but just the, the mechanics of how I would just blur. Uh, yes, yeah, so you hit that button to blur and I'm going to have to find one. So I'm going to, have to just pause the screen. Just it's okay. I, 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 we, we don't want to take ourselves, take ourselves down. down. <laughs> um, uh, Dan, I can attest to that. I shot a uh, uh, hair salon, which had some posters on the wall. There were no live people in there. And I came back to it and it had all the faces blurred. And I was a bit perplexed as to how to fix this. And I just went back in there and I, uh, put the toggle off and all the faces came back into uh, on the posters that were on the wall it came back to uh, 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 normal so it, it, it works really well 
So I, I was thinking I would actually have to isolate each person, draw no, a circle no, around it. It, auto it automatically does, uh, it, it does face recognition and it automatically just blurs the faces. That's amazing. That's super exciting. So I could imagine if you're shooting a 200,000 square foot space and you, and you got people all over it, whether it's a construction site or in a shopping center or something, you hit the button for automatic blur faces and it just does it. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. Yeah. I think idea. it's I think it's set on default uh, on automatic blur. So you have to, if you want to show faces or images on 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 posters or whatever, you have to uh, put the toggle off. It's terrific. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you, Leon. Scott. Thanks. Uh, and that's uh, that's about it. You can grab the embed code if you want to put it on a website, or you just grab the link. Um, copy the link to your clipboard, copy the embed code to your clipboard. Uh, so you already have the button on publish, so it, it, it is uh, published. So I can keep doing all the changes in a preview mode. I can keep saving as working on it. And then at some point I'm going to hit the toggle to say publish, and then it's going to enable me to be able to, to, to grab the embed code or the, the, the link to it. And then uh, everybody's familiar with this. So you just put that, put that where you need it to, uh, need it to be, and then you're off and running. Cool. Uh, this is the iframe, uh, iframe embed code. Uh, uh, cool. Now there was another menu we were looking at on the left side back when we were looking at the branding piece. Oh, it was there. Okay. I jumped ahead to the um, publisher. So uh, this is the branding piece. How do I get there? Um, oh, this is the preferences. So this is available through the, the base account. So Okay. All right. I'm in the preferences. And so now I can look at with 3D tour, we've been through, um, what else you got? Okay. So one, let's stick with it. Let's continue with the tours and then look at the review, okay. uh, review section here. Uh, so the review area is going to allow me to insert, um, an object in the uh, floor plan. I'm at low resolution here so I can insert a push pin. Um, I'll just place it, place it on the ceiling. Um, custom head point place it on the ceiling and then um, what we've got is I'm not sure where that is but what, what I want to show is the real-time collaboration so we could have uh, Petra and you and um, and Leon all in the same session we could say uh, check uh, the room okay and and um, you could say uh, check the uh, check the uh, floor and check the clearance and um, check the staging and have all those uh, options uh, defined there. And that would um, be something that you could uh, communicate and collaborate with in real time. So that's a real time uh, collaboration. And where, where that really becomes um, particularly valuable is in a, um, um, you know, in a communication uh, setting like a, and I'm going to jump a little bit here to a place where the collaboration becomes a little more meaningful is in this uh, construction site where I can uh, turn on a compare both both communicate here and have add a reply uh, like a uh, add a add a reply. <laughs> uh, your founder uh, uh, call it call it in to see if you're working. Yeah, uh, he, he, should be, uh, he should be he should be watching. Should be uh, watching. Yeah, he, he was invited. Um, yeah, and then a comparison. So this is uh, pretty powerful. This is the time uh, based. Uh, sequence. Uh, Scott, I'm I'm fine on time. I know we've been talking for two hours. If if you're good, I'm good to keep going. I, this is just amazing, and I, I think this is tremendously helpful. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I do I do have a time um, 
what what time is it, Dan? It's uh, seven o'clock Eastern time. Okay, I do need to I do need to wrap up here. Um, okay. By seven um, would be would be great. Then uh, uh, let, let's make sure we talk about Google Street View and, and, and just give you a chance to to chat about what's coming there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'll wrap up this tour and then we can talk about Google Google Street View. Um, this covers some construction application. I think we covered a, a lot of what uh, we wanted uh, to do here. So this would be um, a tour that was taken about two months ago. Okay, and this is a tour that was taken about two days ago. So we got uh, two different tours at two different days. And if I were to look at the ceiling, I could see the, um, the ceilings installed. Um, if I look, look at the landscape, the landscape is installed. And if I wanted to uh, unsync uh, cameras and zoom in over here, I can unsync cameras and I can independently zoom into these different areas. Um, but if I wanted to sync uh, cameras, then by syncing cameras, um, anywhere I navigate, we're gonna try and find the nearest uh, location between the two tours. So whether you've got one time point or multiple time points, and um, literally this could be taken every day, certainly every week, uh, but, but you know, really pragmatically every every hour, just because of how fast the uh, data collection time is. You're, you're talking about minutes, uh, minutes that, on a site. Uh, to, to that's this. amazing. Let's, really. let's try and keep you on track. So if you could pop us out of the share screen, we'll all uh, end up on the same screen here today. Scott, if you could stop the screen sharing. Okay, sure. And I think that's cool. And I uh, still see the screen share. You should have an option. Uh, yep, okay, cool. Um, uh, Google Street View. Google Street View, yeah. So that's another exciting uh, export option that we are uh, introducing just right around the corner. Uh, Google Street View will allow a workflow-ready capability with QPix. Since we're automatically figuring out all the camera locations, we are going to enable you to pop that into uh, Google Street View um, so that um, you can uh, have the tours embedded on a website. You can have them on Google Street View for um, search and, and all, all, the, all the marketing benefits of, uh, that you get from there. And that's uh, right around the corner. And um, um is it too, uh, uh, Cupix is in beta. It's totally free today. Cupix, C-U-P-I-X dot com uh, to do beta. Do you have pricing yet? Is it too soon to talk about pricing? Uh, we, yeah, we've got a standard response for pricing and we're providing something, nothing else that's going to be reasonable and um, reasonable. So we're going to, we're going to provide a reasonable pricing. Uh, it's most more than likely going to be subscription based. Uh, you're going to be able to um, generate tours and, um, you'd be charged a reasonable amount um, for that that uh, that capability, but we don't have a, a set cost on what that's going to be. Other than to say that it shouldn't be a surprise, it should be reasonable, and um, uh, that it should be right around the corner, right around January timeframes might uh, might be the time when we um, you know finally launch and exit out of beta. Cool. Scott, so, uh, gee, any question we haven't asked you that you're just dying to tell us? Uh, I did want to explain a little bit about our uh, company just real quick, uh, a little bit. So the team behind QPix, um, we've been here working on this for over two, over two years. Um, we're part of the same team that did a lot of scan data processing, a lot of um, as-built modeling from aerospace to construction. Um, we're experts in computer vision, 3D web application. Um, we've got an office in the U.S. Um, we're Korea-based. That's where a lot of development uh, takes place. And um, we're venture-backed, and we're 
I've been working a long time to get to where we are and we are dying to get, um, get your feedback on just what, uh, how this is benef benefiting you because every decision we make is, is user, user based. So the more information, more feedback we get um, from uh, customers, um, like for example, this latest release is really a product of a lot of customer feedback, a lot of um, input. So the more information that we get from you, um, you know, the, the better we can make this software for, for the members at WGAN and other users uh, in, across industry. Terrific. Leon, did you have a, a last question for Scott? I just thought I, uh, Scott, I've got many more questions for you, but uh, I, I don't have the time. Uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the small amount of time, congratulations, Guy. You've done an awesome, awesome job. I'm absolutely blown away by the product. I've, uh, I've done a couple of tours, and I'm just putting my toe in the water with it, and I'm just keep on discovering the amazing possibilities of this product. And even tonight, uh, uh, I'm blown away. Uh, I think uh, one of my earlier questions, and I know this is a difficult one, but uh, for me, the important part of uh, making this go viral is the ability to 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 to. to uh, publish a uh, very uh, 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 frictionless interaction on uh, social media. Sure. Uh, now, now I've been experimenting with social media quite a bit and uh, following the eyeball of the, uh, of the consumer. And if you, if you, uh, and what we need on say Facebook, for example, and you've got the other platforms as well is to have a, like in the movies, you have a little trailer, which you can edit into it as a, uh, video type of content, which will, if you click on it, it links through to your uh, player. Uh, because at the moment, just putting a, uh, a pure link on, uh, onto Facebook or just a picture, because but tonight I discovered you can actually create the thumbnail for your picture, correct me if I'm wrong, that you can publish to Facebook, which you can then determine the uh, 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 visual content yeah, of that brilliant. link. Brand new feature from the users. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, 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 I do feel we need a moving image, uh, even if it's just a uh, soft moving panel or something that uh, that that pulls a, a, a user's eye into the picture and, and cause him to to improve your click-through ratio into the tour. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to speak on social media? Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, so, Leon, that that point that you make is is really important for um, conversions and, and the end user being able to share that that content. And the a lot of the social media is optimized for images and for videos. So, if you've got a video that can immediately stream as a preview content, uh, maybe you could have keyframes between different positions on a Cupic store, which would be along the lines of our guided uh, tour development uh, feature, which is which is also around the corner. But if you could also um, generate a video on the cloud that you could th then download in uh, whatever resolution that, that's uh, that's generated on the cloud, then that I think that's what what you're asking. I could um, see the. Uh, the value of that uh, for sure, but a couple of things have to happen, um, including uh, the keyframe and the guided core, uh, tour uh, tour development. But um, I think that's uh, that's an area that that we know is uh, important to increase, as you described, the vir virality of uh, 
the user's content and what they post on the um, YouTube and other social media, Facebook channels. And uh, Petra, did you have a, either a final question or comment? No, other than just uh, congratulations on a great platform and uh, welcome to the forum and the network. Looking forward to working with y'all. Yeah, thank you. So Scott, thank you so much. I, I know we've been visiting Visiting for about two hours, Cupix uh, uh, Director of Sales, uh, Scott Anderson. Uh, Scott, thank you for, so much for uh, participating today. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And we were lucky thank enough to have some virtual studio audience members today. Leon Vansell, uh, a, a super enthusiast in the We Get Around Network Forum in the UK, uh, Blue Sketch founder Petra Soderling uh, in New Orleans. Uh, Scott, I want to say in Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah, uh, Palo Alto, uh, Los Altos, Sunnyvale. Yeah. So uh, out, out in the Silicon Valley area, and I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Uh, today, Tuesday, November 21st, 2017, and you've been watching WGAN-TV live at 5. Um, and let me see if I can hit my stop recording button. So uh, uh, thank you all for, for